Hey guys, Lance Erline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. Before turning on the mics with John and Lance, let's pause to remember what they said yesterday in the Veritex Community Bank Studios. What's the system called that allows us to grab air checks? Jeff Bagwell walked five times, and he also was three for eight. This is one of my favorite topics. Both of your impending deaths. I'm, I'm counting the days. Because I will be dead. Good job of killing a segment off of stripper talk. It's John and Lance. Good for this kid, the the blackface kid, the Kansas City Chiefs fan, who dead spin just put blackface on him when they knew he had red and black on his face, and dead spin made him a villain. Okay, in and didn't and actually knew what they were doing, and they knew. If he can prove that they had other pictures with him, the red and black face, and only used the side shot and villainized about? him, the kid, the, the black face, Kansas City Chiefs kid. Is he up for fan of the year? Uh, no, he's suing the awards? Good oh. for him. Oh, he really is? Yeah. Well, the family is. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's Actually, you know what? You're right. I, here's why I think this is good. It was There was an intent. If you call someone racist, that's a really, yeah. that's a rough that's a rough thing to, to to come back from if it's like people weaponize it. If they had the intent of misleading, maybe a lawsuit where somebody has to pay uh, because that is defamation. It, it is, is what it is. Well, maybe a lawsuit would stop people from doing things that are intentionally divisive and intentionally because uh, that is an intentionally divisive thing, especially if well, I mean, especially if you knew that that was not the context of the out that, that you you intentionally found a bad shot just right. to try to take advantage of and it. yeah they villainized him and oh by the way the kid did have apparently it was rough on the kid in school and well you know twitter they just went after they just went after him and how stupid people are they have to they have to stand up for their their rights whatever um Deadspin wrote this. We regret on December 7th, on December 8th, they wrote this. We regret any suggestion that we were attacking the fan. To that end, our story was updated on December 7th to remove any photos, tweets, links, or otherwise identifying information about the fan. Go check the, go check the author. Too late. Go check the author. Yeah. <clears throat> the author was unapologetic. He was unapologetic, uh, which is not going to help their, their no. cause. No, 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 no. Because no. I went and saw I when hope- it all went on, and he was like, he was like I said. He doubled down basically. I kind of hate money grabs, but I don't mind that Deadspin is catching it because they 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 knew what they were doing. They well, were they were trying. That, that was they they were they were uh, baiting people into hating this kid. Well, yeah, and I think people and I don't care what side of an issue. If you're intentionally trying to make somebody look bad, yeah. 
if you are, you know, I, I, I've seen this with, you know, I think, I think there have been some cases where football players, the, the, it's hard to prove an intent. That's the problem. Because I, I did, you know, Eric Williams, all that stuff for the Cowboys. I'll never forget all the White House stuff. And it was called the White House, the house that they bought. And then they were the two strippers who accused them of, of sexual assault, of rape or whatever, sexual assault. And then it turned out they were, it was, they were gaming the players, basically trying to blackmail them. It was proved that, you know, you always, uh, I remember what happened to Matt Ariza, although that's, you know, a little, a little different thing, but those are, those are accusations of that, but it's the same thing. I think that when people get, if you intentionally try to show somebody in a, in an intentionally negative light, despite the fact that it's, it's not true or accurate, but you want to do this for your agenda yeah. and I don't care what your agenda is, you probably need pushback so it doesn't happen again. Like we got to get rid of some of that. So, so in that light, uh, what are they ask? What are they suing for? By the way, in that light, Trevor, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Trevor um, Bauer is tells every, he'll play for minimum salary. He came out yesterday, tweeted because that's Gary really, Sheffield Jr. put out there. Hey man, I, I, this narrative that his teammates hated him. They all loved. Him. I don't know what you guys are talking about. There's so many false narratives about this guy. Ah, uh, come on now. The Dodgers never even once. Stu- of course, it's not the smartest thing to stick up for him at the time. No, but he never came back to the Dodgers. Like maybe, maybe that has nothing to do with the players. But I think, boy, I sure that that's the first time hearing that. Yeah, he says I will come back and play minimum seven. He's basically putting your feet to the fire, showing that this is a okay. Now, if you're okay with Deshaun, you can't not be okay with Trevor Bauer, right? If you're okay with Michael Vick, who did the crime, did the time. And came back, which I believe that owners should dictate whether or not if they want Deshaun to come back, then they have that right. If they, but similarly, if they don't want a guy to come back, you can't say they're colluding. This isn't fair. Every individual owner, if they find value in it, look. If Trevor doesn't have, like, there's no reason for owners to collude against him. Every owner's making an individual decision. I, I kind, I hated Osuna being here. I did, but. Uh, and I thought it was it, it cast a, a pall over the organization. Not going to be an Astro. Um, try to yeah, get that's it. right. And I think that that probably what the experience that they had and the bad feelings that they had. I think this is a different situation, though. This is, I mean, Trevor okay. Bauer okay. was earmuffs. Trevor, earmuffs. Kids. Can I finish? Yeah. Trevor Bauer was not exonerated, but he wasn't charged. And there are extenuating circumstances. There are texts that came to light which proved that she was. In it for the money, trying to get. I do, I think that this is a different situation. While I detested Trevor Bauer when it all came out, and I was like, I wouldn't want him on my team. I feel differently about him. She now. is okay. not. We now talked Dale about this before. She is not the there is only one who has acu- accused him of something like this. So while yes, the woman in question, as you might say, is not the perfect victim because of the extenuating circumstances. She is. She is one of several women who have accused him since his time in Cleveland. Or Cincinnati, whichever one it was, that he, he's, of things like this, rough. of of hitting or in, using sex, and it being a f- more physical than they would have wanted. Where you have, she's to be not the only one. You have to be consistent because if you say, okay, like you could run into two or three who are in it for the money with Deshaun and say, see, these are grifters right here, but that doesn't mean that the other ones yeah. weren't accurate. You know what I mean? It could be the same with Trevor. It could be the same with Trevor that this may have been a grifter who took advantage of, oh, man, 
look at this. I got like it got way more violent than I thought during our you know rough stuff. Uh, and then it could have been the other ones, just like with Deshaun, who well, at least I think the other ones were legit. So it's a, a little bit different in that Deshaun did have the accusers that actually came after him and and came after him legally or civilly, while Trevor Bauer had just this one that actually came at him for uh, legally, right? The other ones are uh, vague no, accusations? No, they reported it. Now, whether the police thought there was enough there to charge is a different story, but the allegations are out there and were public, and it wasn't just simply, hey, this, this I didn't like what happened. They took steps. It just so happened that he got to keep playing. Right. Well, Deshaun gets to keep playing, right? Yeah. Osuna got to keep playing. Marcus, yes, but I mean, there are there are guys after guy after guy that continue to get keep playing. It's not a question of whether he or there. I'm disagreeing with that aspect of it. I'm just not. I'm just saying it wasn't a one time thing. There are several others, and then you have to make your own judgment about what you're willing to take when it comes to a player on your team. Are That's you all. willing to? Are you willing to have the stench of of uh, once again, earmuffs, kids, because this is probably not a subject for y'all. But are you, I mean, consensual? Okay, it's apparently consensual. Crosses a line physically for rough stuff. And uh, it's tough because, once again, this is an owner's, these, these are the owner's rights. If they don't want a player, if they think, I don't want this on my team, and I, he's got other charges, and we just think it's going to be bad for our fan base, I strongly support an owner's ability to say no, the same way I strongly support an abilities, an owner's ability to say yes. I was okay with Michael. I hated what Michael Vick did, but Michael Vick did the crime and did the time. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick was 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 uh, um, was accountable. He was held accountable. If an owner never wanted to let Michael Vick play, that's fine. If an owner like the Eagles wanted to let him play, that was fine with me. And I'm kind of that like. When you start seeing double standards, you don't you don't yeah. like that, and it's a bad look for now for for Cleveland. It's a horrific look to do what they did with him—a fully guaranteed, highest paid guarantee—and uh, you know, kind of a panic move. But at the same time, it is their right, but it's also their right not to bring a Trevor Bauer back. And the timeline for Bauer the allegations go back as far as 2013, 2014. A Columbus woman accused Bauer of sexually assaulting her during a years-long relationship that occurred when he was part of the Columbus Clippers. Another woman in Ohio in 2020 uh, sought a restraining order after what she said was repeated threats from the Reds pitcher. According to the lawyer, um, there are also photographs independently obtained by the Post's Washington Post that show bruises on the woman's face and blood in her eyes, which the attorney said were caused by Bauer punching and choking her during sex without consent. So the woman, Lindsay Hill, isn't the only one. She's just the most recent, and she's the least, I guess, if we're if we're going to take Bauer to court in a public opinion, she's the least sympathetic figure because of the text. But this goes back over a decade with Bauer. MLB teams may also have yeah, some I'm information. Yeah, I'm reading that story right now here. MLB yeah. teams may have some information that we don't all have yeah. like the exact because of the MLB security. And if that's the case and they don't touch him, then they don't touch him. Like, like it's the same way. Eric Bieniemy, he's got to be the best. He's got how in the world everyone's colluding against there. This is a black ball situation. Eric Bieniemy's get No, they just, I think there's some, I, the background stuff on Bieniemy. Yeah. If you've never heard it, there's some stuff that might be a concern. It was a while back on, on a lot of it. That may be an issue or whatever, but, 
the owners, clearly, if he was good enough to win, owners would hire him. They don't want to. Trevor Bauer is clearly good enough as a pitcher. Why do you think they don't want to hire him? Because yeah. I would love him to be a pitcher, Well, but clearly there's something going on. I'll be, well, I'll be, this last case where he was, I don't want to say exonerated, but at least he was. it, it was uh, proven that she had motive, that she had that she wanted to uh, use him for the money, it definitely shed a different light. It makes but it more sympathetic. But you're right. If, if, he, if he's in a press conference, I'm looking at this store that you're looking at, Dell. The other ones now, you bring those up, one after another after another. This is the fourth woman that's accused him now. I guess you're right. I guess that would be, that, that, that would be too uncomfortable. And guess what? The Astros ain't doing that. They ain't doing that. Not after the Ozuna thing. No, no chance. No chance. 815 ESPN, 97.5 and 92.5. I wouldn't mind him in the rotation. I just, yeah, all that other stuff, that ain't all great. <laughs> no, it's that not. That stuff ain't great. It's not the best that no, you've nope. ever seen. Chastain no. Ford is. I love Chastain Ford. 1.9% financing on 2023 F-150s. You kidding me? And look, with the pre-owned certified vehicles, gold certified vehicles that you have on the lot, it ain't easy getting great financing on a pre-owned vehicle because obviously there's going to be more problems, right? But if they're gold certified, you can get yourself great financing. And and, and listen, Chastain Ford is going to work their tail off to get you the best financing they can possibly get. They did this with me. They were going to go through Ford financing, but it was more expensive than going through a bank that they have no affiliation with. And you know what? Ford financing wants as many vehicles as they can. And and, and Chastain Ford said, no, we're not going through that. There's, There's a better rate over here. And that's what they did with me. And that's what they'll do with you if there's a better rate. They are going to work their tail off to make sure that you have the best car buying experience you could possibly have. You're going to join the Chastain family. You're going to love the Chastain family. You will go back and buy your next vehicle from the Chastain family. That's what I did, and you will too. ChastainFord.com on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead. It's just five minutes from downtown Chastain Ford. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 at work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. I've seen the huge difference it's made for you in the gym, at work, and in the bedroom. Your morning continues on its steep trail towards greatness. And these are your Sherpas, keeping you on the straight and narrow. John and Lance, live in the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Uh, I just saw a story that asked, is Steve Carr Sarkeesian the best coach in college football? And then here are a couple. Be smart. Kirby Smart is the best. Well, obviously he has, yeah. Um, how about that? Steve Sarkeesian came out and announced who his starter is, the who's who's uh, his quarterback is. Do we have sound? Because it's pretty. I don't know if we have sound on that Dell that you have it stored up, but it's pretty. Uh, I thought it's a smart move by he, Sarkeesian. He says there cuts, is, that, cuts the legs out right from under it early on. Yeah, there isn't a QB competition. Quinn Ewers is the number one quarterback. He said Arch Manning needs to continue on the path he's been on. Said he doesn't want to hurry a QB to get him on the field. He thinks Arch has a bright future, but it's Quinn Ewers who is the number one quarterback at the University of Texas. Now comes this: is there's analysts are speculating right now that the SEC and the Big Ten 
are bound for their own playoff. God, this is so bad. Is there a chance that the that the SEC and the Big Ten secede from the college football playoff format within five years? I mean, it's not going to be any time. Well, no, why? Why wouldn't it be anytime soon? I think it'll take it would take a lot more time. You'd deal with lawsuits. Um, I'd sue the hell out of them. And also the National Labor Relations Board. How is this going to work? Anything? How is this going to work? How is this going to work? You. If players are going to be considered employees now, so Rick Pitino came out and said what needs to happen, I think it was Pitino, said what needs to happen is you need to have binding two-year contracts. And two years makes sense. Uh, Binding two-year contracts, if you're going to be a – because you can't leave basketball after just one year. If you are going to – if you're going to be – if you're going to share in profit – and then you have to have a contract that's not all going to be in your favor. The NCAA – the, the 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 organization the university should be able to and the and the governing board whatever that's going to be they should be able to say look this is collectively bargained you don't just get one side gets everything they want it never works like that so it should be okay if you're going to get if you're going to have there's going to be a salary cap number one so for I talked to an agent yesterday who told me all these players who want you know who who are celebrating this he goes it's great for the general player and, and actually it's better for 95% of the athletes out there if this goes down. It really is because they get a, 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 a set amount of payment that is going to be done, and they'll have to figure out you know how it's structured. Now, the universities are going to lose some of the money that comes in through athletics because they'll go to the players, so the rates on your children going to college are about to go up because of this, if this, if this all goes down. However, uh, for the wealthy for the, for the best athletes and the most marketable athletes, this is going to be bad for them. There's going to be a cap of what you can make, and you will, you're going to lose your little free agency thing that you have right now. So it's going to be, but it would be best for, it's, I don't care what's best for one person or two people who are going to the pros anyway. I care about what's best for the longevity of collegiate sports. And what's best is they got to get this under control. The idea that we went from heavily regulated to Wild West was terrible. It was terrible because it it's caused so much so many problems because you didn't phase it in. It should have been somebody with for, with the foresight five years ago would have put forth a, a, a three-phase deal where, okay, player's going to get this, and we're going to work to slowly integrate uh, Title IX into this. And, you know, a smart person would have been able to phase it in. Of course, it's easier said than done because SEC thinks they're better than everybody. And, you know, like the SEC probably looks at what do we have to do with the Big 12? What do we have to do with the, the Pac-12? We don't care. We're our own thing. So it's always going to be haves and have-nots. But think about this, John. Once you get to a point, like right now, all the FCS schools and non-Power 5 players, if you build them up, if you do a good job recruiting and you put them on nutrition and weight training and you're coaching them up, then they're just going to get stolen. You'll never be able to keep your best players. This agent told me yesterday he specializes, John, in, in rounds five through seven and free agents. He goes and finds the best players. He has to work his ass off because he doesn't have a bunch of money like the other ones. He works his ass off at finding good players in the in round three, under-the-radar guys. He works with scouts and talks to them about the best players. He goes and finds them, and then he lifts, lifts them up. He had Tremont Williams, for example, years ago. Lifts them up. He finds guys like that, and he said, it's a nightmare for me now because now I go find those guys, and because of NIL and Transfer Portal, they go to a power five. They go to a 
a group of five or, or FCS guy goes to a power five. And now it's like, I can't, can't you know, hide them anymore. I can't, I can't, no, right. th- th- yeah, I can't hide them. All the work I did, no, right. it doesn't matter. Right, right. And they go up. And so you're always going to get your players lifted from a FCS standpoint and group of five. Dana had to deal with it just this year. Uh, yeah. However, there's a lot of, with the transfer portal has also it works put, both ways. Yeah. The transfer portals all, all has also put a lot of players in D1 in big schools that aren't playing and they're, they're going down. I mean, it's, it, it works both ways. It, it's working both ways, but. Okay, we've got, uh, there's so much to talk about. Willie Fritz is going to join us on the other side right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So we'll talk about to, to the U of H coach about the schedule, which has come out. He's Have you got heard what Oklahoma they're calling? second. You heard what they're calling U of H now? The U. Is in the university, the U. Is what they're calling that? U of H. That's pretty cool. U of H is now it's the a, U? Yep, we're calling it the U. That is awesome. The university. The university of, of Houston. Houston. Yeah. The University of Houston. How's that taste? Was that a debate that they were the University of Houston? Something I came up with. Oh, so you came up with it? But that's what they're calling. That's what people are calling it. Now. Who was they? The U. The U. Putting people? up the H and the middle finger to UT. That's what it is. The right? U. Well, speaking of the U, of before we Houston. go, are we going to do horns down? Are we going to be able to to Willie Fritz? With no, Willie no, no, Fritz? no. What if oh, they're not playing Texas this year? No. Dang it. Because they would be able to do horns no, down. No, we're not doing horns down. We're we classy. Did it, we did it when they came to TDC. I didn't this do year. that. I, I didn't did. do horns I did. down. I did horns down the whole game. I was like this. Yeah. <laughs> when he does it, the there is game. like a little bit of a extra. He's throwing. Like I he's just got love a little how soft. They are. Yeah, it's that got to a, me is the best. That's why I do it. To you know me, what? it's about class. What? To me, you either have class or you don't. Yeah, you know. Oh, you can't take the animal you, out of the John. Hey, Rodney, stop worrying about class and, start and win some games. You can take the John out of the animal, but you can't take the animal out no, of the John. No, you can't. Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you what. You, you couldn't take me out of Republic Boot Company without me buying the jacket. I saw this jacket. And by the way, the It's dude, a sharp jacket. It is really sharp. And, and I was like, oh, I got to have this. I just, how much? Okay, that's mine. It is totally, and it got it right off the rack. Now. They'll customize that perfect jacket for you. But they've got rodeo-ready everything. Boots, hats, jackets, vests, shirts. It's incredible the selection that you've got there right now. They also have customized boots. Now, if you get your boots customized exactly how you want it, it's going to take a while. It takes a while, and it's pretty expensive. I mean, relatively speaking, because you can get your boots right now from $395 up, okay? But when you get customized boots that are sitting there already done, you can get half off on those. The selection is incredible. The first thing that you'll notice, I swear to God, is the smell. When you walk in there, you're like, wow, this place smells awesome. They've got a bar there where they give all the booze away. Friday afternoons, they got somebody playing there, and everybody gathers there, and it's just fun. It's a a, a different experience than you find anywhere else. Republic Boot Company, republicbootcompany.com, 1133 East 11th Street in the Heights. You're going to love it. It's the place to go. Rodeo-ready boots and everything else. Uh, Cowboy. ESPN 97.5.com. We keep getting away with it. I want the ball. Keep it the ball.
You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Willie Fritz, the head coach of the University of Houston, is joining us here this morning. Talk a little uh, Cougs football as we just came out with the uh, new the, the new schedule that is coming your way this season. Oklahoma in the second week. Willie Fritz here with us on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you all having me on. Thank you. We appreciate you being here. We were just talking about the NIL. You have you have thrived the last couple of years. After a rough 2021, the last couple of years were f- tremendous at Tulane, and you're at a smaller place that doesn't have the kind of money that you need to to, to, buy, to get the players today. You're at another place that obviously doesn't have the money that Ohio State's and LSU's and all those other schools have, yet you're thriving here. How are you doing it, Coach? Well, you know, that's part of it. It's not the whole thing. Some people think it's it's everything, you know, it's, it's the uh... – you know, the NIL part, but it's really just getting the right guys in, evaluating the right guys and getting them in and developing them. We've done a really nice job of that. I think you know, 15 guys, I think, currently playing in the NFL from Tulane and, and 11 of them, we're the only Division One offer. Uh, we're, we're not want to do it that way. <laughs> we want to find a guy that, you know, is a, is a three-star, four-star and turn them into a five-star when they get their hard work and maybe seeing something. Someone else didn't see in the young man, but uh, you know that's just part of it. There's you know there's team culture that's so important. You know where, where guys want to be around these other guys. You can't put a price tag on that. And um, you know I'm learning right now about everything. Yeah, I've been very impressed with the young men we have in our program. I just got done from our workout just a moment ago. Walked in my office about two minutes ago, and they're chomping at the bit, and they're, they're they've been fantastic to work with. So. It's been uh, excellent so far, and looking forward to spring football in the future. Coach, I know it's been years, but my dad started at University of Houston in 1978, and the thing that made Bill Yeoman and that Cougar team successful when they came uh, into the Southwest Conference immediately is that they could take, at the time they were called blue chippers, right? Now it's three-star, four-star, five-star. They would take what, in essence, are three-star players and turn them into the four and fives like you talked about. It's harder... It's harder, I guess, now to, to unearth the diamonds in full shirt. Like, you know, uh, people, people find all the really good players. What is it, do, do you think, that makes it – what's the key to finding a guy that you think is, is going to be better than where he is rated coming out? Oh, it just, you know, maybe he's a little light. And you see that he's a guy that's going to be able to put on weight and He's got good, very good length. He's got good punch. Those different things. O lineman, defensive lineman. Um, now we got a guy here from from Dickinson High School played for us over at Tulane. Kid named Keith Cooper. Just using as an example because I'm obviously a little more familiar with him. But you know, he's a basketball player in high school. He's 230 pounds, but he's six four. He's got length, you know. And, and now he's 285. I was just down in the weight room with him, so he's a uh, he put on the weight and the strength, and and then he's perfected his craft by just concentrating on one sport, football. Uh, so there's a lot of different intangibles you're looking for to develop a guy. And uh, that's just an example of Keith. But, you know, that doesn't mean to say we're not going to go after the, the blue-chip five-star guy. You know, I, I think it's we're going to do that as well. we got to – you know, the, the one thing that, that U of H was lacking is, is – 
unbelievable location, bunch of great football players around here, has had some some great success in the past and, and has got great tradition, great school academically, wasn't playing in a league that some of these guys want to play in. You know, it's that was the only thing I was lacking. And now we are. I think we're playing I was looking at the athletic the other day, they had the preseason top twenty five. I think we're playing seven teams. They got ranked in the preseason top twenty five, so we got a very challenging schedule. And and you gotta have you know, great players and guys who want to compete against the very best as well. Willie Fritz joining us this morning here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Coach, you got the experience. Tulane is a situation that's uh, really a lot like the U of H in that, you know, you're not top dog. The Saints are there, and obviously there's, you're battling for that money, that dollar of the, the fan and the fans' attention. You got all of the pro teams here as well. How, how difficult is that job when you're not in, you know, a college time like Baton Rouge or, uh, all the other big schools where, where they're, where they're the focal point? Well, this is a much different. It's, uh, I'm, I'm guessing Houston's about seven or eight times larger than New Orleans. You know, we've got over 300,000 U of H alums in the greater Houston, uh, area. So we've got a lot of people that want, that are following the kids. We had a uh, signing day event last night and the people were charged up and ready to go. And hey, let's don't kid ourselves. People are going to follow a winner. <laughs> we, we win in all them games and start selling it out at, at Tulane every week. You know, so it's, you know, that's, that's part of it as well. You know, you put a product on the field, that product, that's going to help you to a certain extent. And, you know, you start piling up the wins, it's going to help you out tremendously. I was watching tape of Jaquan Jackson, your wide receiver, and I was writing him up for the NFL scouting report on NFL.com. And it was some kind of a little bubble screen. or No, no, no. It was like a jet sweep. And he didn't cut it up. Like, he had an opportunity to plant and go and cut it up. And instead, he, he strung it wide and got tackled. And I mean, oh, you were not happy on the sideline. I kept going back to watch it again. And I said, because I've always been a fan of what you've done at different spots. And I'm like, well, Willie Fritz will get into it now a little bit. Um, you're not, I mean, you're not going to sit back. You can get a little animated on the sideline. What's what's your demeanor like in terms of of how you deal with, uh, success and failure and in-game stuff. Give, give us an idea of who Willie Fritz is there on the sideline in the middle of a game. Well, as a matter of fact, coincidentally, I've been texting with uh, Jaquan this morning. He, uh, they ran an inside zone in the senior bowl. He just got done playing it, and uh, he inserted in the B gap, and he whacked a, a strong safety that was plugging the gap. And uh, it was a tremendous block, and uh, I told them that's what they're really looking for to see a guy that can do everything, you know, and, and uh, you know, you, you have a relationship with these guys, which I think is so important. I, I never want to get away from that. That's why I'm in the weight room with these guys every day that I'm here and, and uh, you know, trying to be around them as much as I possibly can. You know, you can coach them hard. And I, I, I guess I'm an old school coach. I've, you know, I, I get fired. There's a couple guys that didn't finish and run past the line this morning. I got after a little bit, you know, and, you know, they, we want to get, be solid and very clear in our expectations that we have and everything that we do. And we'll make sure that the guys do it, you know, and, and, uh, I think sometimes in, in this day and age, there's coaches, parents, whatever the case may be, they're, they're a little, uh, leery of conflict and confrontation. You got to do it sometimes. I'm also the first guy to give him a hug when they they do something great. You know, it's uh, 
uh, and you get kids like this to play for you, they're, they're going to allow you to coach that way because they know you care about them. Do you remember when we had, what was it that I said, Coach, uh, we talked to Kelvin Sampson and said, Coach, what is the key? What is the, what's the key to changing a culture? What is the key to getting guys to buy in? He said, you cannot be afraid of conflict. Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned that, and I'm sure you've met Coach Sampson. You guys will oh, hit yeah. it off. I have no doubt about that. I'm a big, big fan, and, and uh, we were texting back and forth yesterday on some common people that we know in our past. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that they, they, you know, I know Coach does, I feel like I do as well. I'm consistent every day. You know, they, they know if they, they do something right, they get a pat on the back and great praise. They do something incorrect, whether it's going not going to class or being late or whatever the case may be. You know, I'm going I'm to tell them. You know, and uh, and I think that's uh, the consistency part is something that's so important when you're dealing with anybody. You know, I want someone as consistent as dealing with me. I don't want a guy that's up and down, and one day he likes what I'm doing, and I do the same thing the next day, and he doesn't. I want someone who's consistent. And I know Coach Sampson does a fabulous job of that. Coach? Are, yep, you, are you, you? There you are. Yeah. Are you there? Yep. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever you ever run on the field like uh, Coach Coach Sampson did? <laughs> Coach, yeah, we don't know if you saw it. But he got on the court and got after him a little yeah, bit the other day. He, he, he did. You know, uh, and I, I don't you know everything that happened, but through me he's sticking up for one of his players, and, and uh, you know that's uh, you know you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for my guys too. You know, that's just the way of the world, and uh, you know I just. You know, it's part of it when you have that relationship. You know, it's uh, you know these these guys are not my sons. I mean, they got parents and do a fabulous job with them, but uh, you know they're they're almost like my sons. I I, I just was walking up the stairs here, and I had a track athlete whose who dad played for me at point, and I just talked to the other day and had a long conversation with him. So it's about relationships. I, I don't go a day where I don't hear. From. You know, two, three, four guys that, that played for me in the past. That's one of the great things about being back here in Houston is, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to, to see a lot of my former players from San Houston State and from Bland, and a lot of them are coaching, so that, that's really neat. Uh, I'm looking at your list, Coach. Uh, eight, 18, I count, transfers that you that you brought in here um, uh, just, just yesterday, I guess, is the – uh, I don't know if it was early signing period or this this signing period or a combination of both. Eighteen is that a big number? Is that a number you like, or is that you know is that just because of how late you got started here? No, that's way too too many to be honest with you. We we uh, we want to build this, with, you know, Texas high school kids. That's what we're we're, we're going on recruiting. Uh, unfortunately, when I got the job, you know, it was pretty late in the process. Guys that could play power four football were already committed to other places. So, you know, we had to uh, build uh, the roster uh, via, you know, the transfer portal and, and JUCO kids as well. Um, you know, and that's, that's what we had to do. And I'm, I'm really excited about these young men we brought in here. They've, uh, you know, you always worry when you get into recruiting uh, a young man late in the process. You haven't been able to do all the homework that you wish you could have done. You know, more so just about the character part of it. You know, we talk we talk about recruiting bona fide Division One student athletes with character. That's a big deal for me, and uh, we really seemed like we hit on it, even though we had a 
short period of time to recruit these guys. So, yeah, it's uh, what we had to do. It. There were some positions of need, and uh, you know we were able to you know uh, fill those needs up uh, through the transfer portal. So, uh, I don't anticipate you know doing that. Uh, you know, in the future, we'd like to sign you know more high school kids than what we did, but that's just uh, how we had to approach it this year. Do you uh so offensively and defensively? Tell us about your coordinators. What do you plan on handling? Are you delegating? Are you going to be pl- calling any plays? What can we expect? I mean, offensively, when I watch tape, it's it looks like a standard. You know what you? Something crazy from a from an offensive standpoint relative to college, but you're going to do what we usually see: spread some things out, get the ball to, to players in space. But we've got a, our offense coordinators, Kevin Barbe, he's been at Mississippi State, App State, and also at a. Uh, Central Michigan, he's, he's been a lot, you know, Colorado State, Florida, as an assistant, but he's been a coordinator, three different Division One programs. Uh, you know, we're, we're more of a pro-style type offense. Now, we're going to take advantage of what our guys do well. Uh, and I guess a big part of my job as a head coach, sometimes guys can't see the forest for the trees. They, uh, they got guys doing things that they shouldn't do. You know, like Quan Jackson, you know, it's sometimes you're going to have to block that guy. It's inserting the big gap. But most of the time, he'd like to have a bigger body doing that against those guys. Luckily, he's tough. You know, but that's a, what Kevin does. I thought he took advantage of his personnel. And, you know, we're going to be a pro style offense. It's one of the things in recruiting there. You tell kids, you know, if you're a running back, we're going to be running inside zone, outside zone, counter play, you know, the duo play that everybody's running. Uh, you're going to have to block and pass protection. You're going to have to catch the ball. So if you want to play at that next level, we got an offense that's going to help you uh, be that type of player so that the pros can see those kind of things. Uh, defensively, I, I got a, a guy named Shieldwood. He was with me last year at Tulane. Outstanding. The game has become very complicated. you got to match all the different things that the offense does. And, you know, then we're going to take advantage. We can, we can play a lot of uh, man coverage. We're going to play a lot of man coverage. That's something that we're not – great at we're going to play a little more zone and have the guys play man that can play man you know and he does a good job of identifying that and i think we've got a good staff on both sides of the ball and then uh you know i run the kicking game i've I've, uh i've got a real good relationship with the head coach so i get to be able to grab guys that i want to use you know in the kicking game as well it allows me to touch everybody on the team the offensive lineman with Next point field goal, the defensive line, next point field goal block. And then you got everybody else working on, you know, really other than the quarterback unless they're a holder. So you get to be around all the team and they get to see how important it is, you know, for for your team because the head coach is so heavily involved in it. But that's kind of how we do it. Yeah, I can tell you, John, I've written up over the years Jaquan Jackson, Michael Pratt in this year's draft, Nick Anderson, inside linebacker, Taji Spears. These are all under – Willie Fritz, Dorian Williams, good linebacker. Uh, Cam Sample, good defensive tackle. Patrick Johnson, physical edge. Darnell Mooney, starts for the Bears. These are guys, uh, Donnie Lewis, I, I kind of like Donnie Lewis when he was coming out, but I'm looking through this list of guys. Tenzel Smart, who I know uh, uh, Wade Phillips liked a lot when we were talking about him. Perry Nickerson, who I thought I thought he was going to be better than he ended up being. Lorenzo Doss, like, you've had some... Tulane during your time has had some guys who have been drafted or were draft worthy. You've you've gotten guys to that same point that University of Houston has, uh, and you did it at a different school. So that's that's got to make some some kids 
if you really take a look at it and dig down, I mean, you're developing guys, getting them ready to have a chance as well for the pros. Well, and most of those guys, we were the only Division One offer. Matter of fact, I just over there, I know I've gone back to it three or four times, but just over in the indoor facility while I was running with the guys before they went to the weight room, and Darnell Mooney's come here to train. He's going to be here for six months, and uh, he loves our strength staff. You know, I think we've got had some, uh, you know, secret sauce for us, you know, without question. And, you know, he has enough faith in those guys. He knows how I run things. And he, uh, he also wanted to get out of the cold in Chicago. But he uh, <laughs> he came here and he's training with us, which is uh, outstanding. But all those guys, uh, another common denominator with each and every one of them, just really good people. You know, and, and you know they, they work extremely hard, and uh, you know we're gonna we do the same thing here, except we're gonna do it. You know, he was even more guys. You know, because we have the opportunity to recruit guys that you know for, to the power four level. Willie Fritz, new head coach of the University of Houston. We're rooting for you, coach. We appreciate you. Thanks Think about this, John. Let's do this. A Fritz, bunch. Fritz is a German name. Zerline, German name. He was born in Kansas. I was born in Hayes, Kansas. He was born in Shawnee Mission. I was born in Hayes, Kansas initially. We moved when we were like one. But still, I was born there. Uh, he went to Tulane. I went to Tulane. Then he left Tulane to go to Houston. I left Tulane to come back home and finish at Houston. I mean, we're basically the same guy. Kindred spirits. We both profess inside-outside zone stuff on the offensive line. We like inside-outside zone. Yeah. Uh, He's I mean, the head coach, very successful head yep. coach at the uh, major college. Yep. You're not. Has he ever lied about stopping a, a, a purse snatcher like you have? Yeah. Has he coach, ever, has he ever tripped over a curb? You trip over a curb and get a grade to uh, Liz Frank one time, and he never let you hear the. No, the, the no. I told has him. Has he ever I, stolen a hamburger the, from an intern? The rumor was somebody was purse snatching and I was chasing him. Other people think a I just rumor, tripped. A rumor you started. Yeah, well, you started that. I one. started it, but it doesn't mean it wasn't true. So, no, I don't think Coach has ever uh, fallen think... down at the Senior Bowl like I have. Hey, Coach hasn't listened to this show long. I don't think he wants to associate himself. You might want to. I don't think he's going to want to associate with Too you. Too bad. I am Willie Fritz now. Okay. okay. It's a new shirt I'm getting he's made. The, he's the radio Willie Fritz. We are Willie Fritz. Okay. I, I'm looking forward. I'm going over tomorrow night to, 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 to visit with your dad. and uh, Good. At the Lone Star Clinic. And he, he texted me here yesterday and told me that, you know, we have to talk about our old Kansas days. So yeah, he's excited. He's excited about it. He's excited. Well, coach, uh, last thing I want to—I just have to ask this one, Dell. I'm sorry, I have to ask this. You had to run at Tulane. It's, it's kind of works contrary to what the world is now. You had a two and ten season, and you could have been gone. They stuck with you, and you crank out an eleven, and then a twelve win season after that. Is that like what do you attribute that to that they had the patience and understanding to stay with you because they saw something in you? The two lane I'm talking about. Oh yeah, well the big thing was, you know, that was Hurricane Ida and we went to Birmingham. We started with two days of practice and oh, we went that's to right. Birmingham for thirty days and uh you know, didn't have a weight room, didn't have play and there's a lot of excuses, but the real thing that that goofed us up is our quarterbacks all got hurt and I think we went five weeks in a row where our quarterback didn't take a rep in practice. I'm talking about our top three guys. We had GAs throwing the ball and, and things. And, uh, and we had a bunch of close games. I didn't do a good job of coaching and closing them out and winning them as well. But I think I was most proud of We had all these. And then we came back and, and played at, uh, at our stadium in front of nobody because the stadium was, you know, campus had been uh, 
COVID. You know, uh, told. You know, so there's a lot of things, but you know, I didn't have any problems. I, I, the kids worked their tails off. They believed in what we were doing, and and, uh, and I, I told our coaches at the end of the season, even though we had a poor record, I might be as proud of the year I've I've had as a head coach because uh, it really showed the true character of these guys. And and then we jumped in and you know went twelve and two and the USC the next year, but uh, it was in the Cotton Bowl. But it's uh, you know it was a tough year without question. But I learned a lot of how to do things and maybe how to change things when you're you know things are not going the way you want them to go. But I'm really proud of the effort and the attitude the kids put forth throughout the whole season. Great stuff, Willie Fritz. Hopefully, we're doing this a bunch, Coach. Uh, this you football bet. season, we we really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for having me on. Go right. Cougs. Go Cougs. Now, time to talk about uh, how you can bet on, well, you know what? You can do it. You want to bet on your Cougs? You want to bet on the uh, number of wins that they're going to have this year? Mm-hmm. Go to mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. Basketball goes every few days anyway. That's right. Kelvin Sampson. So Kelvin throw Sampson. Some, throw want... some this way. Yeah. You'll, you And guess what? The Cougs cover a lot. Play the under now. Yeah. They play the under, but also play the Cougs. It don't matter how many they're given lately. They're, they're covering, except at Kansas. But here's the deal. Is you, you're looking for a great way to play, win, and get paid. That's it. I love it. You know, college basketball's in full swing right now. NBA's in full swing. Hockey. I, I, what What is it that you – you've got the big game that's coming up this weekend. How are you going to bet on all these things, all the different props and everything else? Five Star is going to join us and give us winners this morning, and you got a place to play, right? Well, you got it. MyBookie.ag, promo code BET975. Bonuses when you join up. All kinds of bonuses throughout the year as well. MyBookie.ag, it's the place to play, win, and get paid. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag, promo code BET975. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We're your daddy. You was a toilet baby. Tiff just plopped down like a little old turd, just right down in a bowl.